that intro. Welcome to the Botcast Podcast. I am Don, and I apparently have something stuck in my throat that won't leave. And I am Scott, and he apparently has something stuck in his throat that will not leave. Hairball. That actually sounds like a problem. <coughs> Man, I don't know where that came from. Um, hey, uh, this could be, we are just talking, one of the most interesting podcasts ever, or one of the most annoying uh, you you get to choose. I mean, we might have already other annoying ones, and we just don't know about it. Cause but we could top it. Absolutely. This week. All right. <laughs> so I'm trying I don't to think. Know where to of, start, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like some banter because like that's just our thing, the right? Of the show, right? What and happens we, if we don't do it now and we end up doing it at the end? I don't know. I guess we uh, could do that. Witty banter. At or the we end. could just tell Jill, like, <clears throat> you know, she's always like, you guys banter too much. And be like, Not we, see, you can be like, I'm the best husband. I listen to my wife. And we didn't banter. And I'll be like, won't you listen to more than four episodes? <laughs> uh, uh, my wife may have listened to four or I, less. I, I sometimes do. Here comes the banter. I, look, <laughs> I do look at the numbers and I'm like, who is listening? And what do they think? Because you all don't leave feedback. So mm-hmm. if you please, please, please leave a little feedback. iTunes review, give it five stars, and then tell us how awful it is. <laughs> but, but Those five stars are important, though. Yeah, because it, it actually does rate it. And it tells like the rating helps you get recommended with other podcasts. And right now, the top podcasts that get recommended with us are Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers. Oh, like, no. Like, hold on, I'll bring it up. But I looked the other day and I was like, uh, oh, we, we want to be higher than that. Now, five it's, stars is the highest, right? We're, well, we're not, I hate to say it, but even if we had five stars, we'd probably still get recommended with them. But if we get like three stars, we might get recommended with like less prominent. Okay. So it would mean like less people would get a chance to All right. like see us. So we want more people to study Deuteronomy, not less. Yes. Okay. That's fair. Well, and we want to like overtake. All right. It says uh, other ones like us. Other recommended podcast. Oh, wait, I got to select ours first. Oh, so we get recommended. Yeah, that's what... Is this on iTunes or is this on... Yeah. Is it What is the other thing they can look us up on? Uh, anything, really. Okay. Uh, they can do Stitcher, um, Podbean. I don't know about... I, I submitted to Google Music, but their podcast wasn't like super developed at the time. Okay. I'd have to recheck. So maybe we can recheck, see if we're... Google, so, awesome. So related, Joel Osteen, uh, somebody, some Elevation Church. Dude looks like a hipster. Oh. Um, Are You Real by John B. Fuller, Finding Your Purpose. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're in the Zen self-help section. Hat Maker. I've never heard of. T.D. Jakes. Almost any of those. Joyce Meyer. I've heard of some the, of them. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. Who is that? These are not recommendations, people, because I don't know who they oh, are. Oh, no, we're just, yeah. Hey, we're recommended with the Bible Project. I think they're legit. Wait, I like the Bible Project, right? Don't they make that app? I know they do the YouTube videos. Okay. So, yeah, that's cool. Oh, uh, Tim Keller. Woo! All Man, right. that's way too far down the list. Oh. Uh, Desiring God, which is cool. And then Craig Groeschel. Okay. So, I don't even know who Craig Groeschel is. Um, Kind of Willow Creaky. Oh. Like. You know, build a big church, make it awesome, make it palatable. Okay. 
Yep. Yeah. He doesn't go with... Actually, he does not fit with a Deuteronomy. Right. I don't think we're going very palatable on our uh, Deuteronomy discussion, are we? No, and that's why we should do Judges. <laughs> did you get that picture I sent? I did get the picture. <laughs> that, was out of, that was out of there, out of that Bible. Okay. That did, was great. Did we talk about that, like the children, creating the oh, children's Judges book? <laughs> so last week, I don't know if we did it on the podcast or if we just did it afterwards, we're like... Mm we should do Judges next time. And then I was like, we should do a Judges Children's Bible. Yes. And, and then um, I was like, that would be awesome when you like shove a knife through Ehud. What does that look like? No, 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 no. Ehud shoves a knife. Oh, no, yeah, through Ehud shoves through, through the fat guy. And, and I was like, what does that look like in a children's Bible? And I was like, we can get Sarah to draw stuff. And and then Don's like, well, I think, and he sent me this picture of what it looks like and what. Well, where did you get that picture uh, from? I believe it's called the Action Bible. I'll look that up too. But uh, my son got it. Uh, from a friend of ours at church, and we were supposed to go through it together with uh, his son and my son, and we were going to talk about stuff. And unfortunately, that never came like to fruition. But hold on, I'm just trying to get it here. Um, he's read tons of it. Okay. And like we've had, yeah, it's called the Action Bible. And basically, uh, first of all, if you are uh, put off by uh, Depictions of Jesus, like the second commandment, you take it super seriously and mm-hmm. um, don't believe that it's a good idea to have pictures. Uh, it will uh, make you upset. So if, uh, if that's your thing, like you're not going to like it because it definitely shows like a drawing of Christ. You okay. know? Um, but all that to say, it's also not for, I'd say like below seven and possibly not below 10 years old. I was going to say, that picture? I'm not... <laughs> so we were talking in his Sunday school class. I was leading it this week, and it's, uh, we we're going through part of Revelation, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're describing Jesus as both lion and lamb, and I get to the part with uh, the lamb with seven horns and seven eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my son having this sense of humor. He's like, could you imagine that? Okay, so he's nine, and he's, he's like, you'd be like out in the field like, sheep, sheep, whoa, what is that? <laughs> but uh, but he, he, rec- he recognized the scripture, and he already had a picture in place because of this action Bible, because it, it, does, okay. tr- it does take a swing at Ehud in Revelation. I was going to say, I saw that. I was like, okay, um, this is what it looks like in a children's Bible. Dude, dude Samson in it has seven uh, separated out locks. Oh, does he really? As opposed to like, where it's normally just like long hair, super, you know, Fabio yeah. Samson. This one, it's actually separated out. And okay. It's so far pretty cool. I, I think it's got some neat uh, art. There's a couple of points. Is it that one where it adds a little bit extra to try and help the story along? Okay. And I'm like, I'll talk to him. I'm like, well, that's, you know, something that, you might come to the conclusion of, but that's not in the Bible. Okay. It's, it's kind of how I put it. Okay. Um, not that the story, but it, it might have like a thought bubble or something that I'm like, well, kinda, you know, like that's insinuated, but not necessarily because they will take kind of a liberty to interpret it that way. Okay. But overall, once again, it's kind of pretty, it's, pretty good. Yeah. Um, once again, though, also 10 years old is probably a better age. Okay. Um, he, he came to me after he had a, the first day, and he's like, hey, Dad, there's a lot of blood in this. And I'm like, well, you know, you got to sacrifice a bull. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to, yes. The Ezekiel dry bones oh, passages. Oh, is that good? Uh, it, it's done really well. Like, the art is pretty gorgeous in it. So I kind of like, I, uh, I used to run a blog called ucdrybones.com, and I've always had an affinity to that. Like, I'm... 
dead and it takes the spirit of Christ to like breathe in me and make me alive. Mm-hmm. So I have an affinity to that section of verses. And so I always kind of look that up when I see a children's Bible to see like how they do it. I thought that this one literally has like, you know, bones in the desert and they slowly start to get sinew and then they get muscles on them and then they show them like becoming man and a lot. And it's like, okay. oh, that's really good art. Really well done. I'm going to have to look into that. Well, that's actually what I was looking up right here was the, the children's action Bible. Is it the action storybook Bible? I think so. I just closed the window. Oh, okay. Let me see. Is it this one right here? Yeah, uh, he's got the full. Sorry, I just yelled in the mic. He's got the okay. full version. I think some of those separate by testament. Okay. Or something, but I can. I'll try and bring it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Remi- I remind check me. That out. And we'll we'll keep talking about it so people finally get the banter. <laughs> All right. Good deal. All right. I, I think so. We are the only podcast that plugs a whole bunch of books that we get no commission on. <laughs> you should get the True Tone Extra Wide Margin ESV. <laughs> right. You definitely had that going on last week. Bestcommentaries.com for all your commentary needs. And I'm just sitting there like, I have a different colored pen and wide <laughs> margins. <laughs> Bic, the official pen. <laughs> I, I approve of the Ernie Ball. Or wait, no, that's guitar strings. Who's the yeah, I was going to say, that, that's guitar strings. Who does the rounds, the ones that everyone I, likes? I don't know. I think it's Bic, isn't it? No. It's made in France. Pilot. Pilot. Are they the Pilot. Ones? Yeah. Yeah. I don't buy expensive pens because I lose expensive. I lose all pens. Every pen that I own right now is from my job. Okay. <laughs> Any pen that some I had at my job, probably some other student has it or I dropped it on the floor or I don't know where it is at. This one just stays near my Bible. <laughs> Ooh. Good advertisement. Yeah. You should get extra commission for that. I, I, I don't even think our salespeople get commission, but, uh. you know... I should. You should get commissioned anyway. I right, talked to my boss about getting a raise. Okay, there you okay. go. So, hey, man, we're in All Deuteronomy. Right. Uh, we went through verses one through six last time. Of chapter nine. Of chapter nine. No, man, just one through six. <laughs> you pick a chapter. It's Yeah, we went through um, in chapter nine, one through six. We're going to pick it back up here in seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. Just kind of review chapter one through six. Uh, basically, God you, tells them. You mean verse so, see, that's your fault. <laughs> I told so, you. Great, great podcast. Chapter tonight. 9, verse 1 through 6, ultimately is God saying, look, you're going to go into a land. You're going to kick them out. You're going to take them land. By the way, it's kind of a crazy idea because they're bigger, better, stronger than you. And all the big stories that you hear um, about how hard they are to conquer, well, that's true, but you're not going to have a problem because I'm God. Um, and just a reminder, don't you ever think that it's you that actually did it um, or that it's because you're better than them because actually um, they're wicked, so they're getting a punishment for your wicked. And by the way, you're just as stubborn as they are. Yeah. And that's where we left off with in verse 6 with... Um, Know therefore that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stubborn people. And then we'll get into seven where it says, here's why you're stubborn. We never discussed how long to read. Are you going to do like seven through end? Um, Do you want me to look and see how we broke it down? Yeah, so let's do seven through 12. Let's do seven through 12. Can we do 14? Let's do seven through 14. Because I got a massive note on 14, like eight through 14. So I'm guessing they're pretty linked. All right, sounds good. So, Man, show prep today rocked. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, here we go. So we are in chapter 9, cha- chapter 9, um, and we are going 7 through 14. Remember and do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day you came out of the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. 
Even at Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath, and the Lord was so angry with you that he was ready to destroy you. When I went up the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord made with you, I remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water, and the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone written with the finger of God, and on them were all the words that the Lord had spoken with you on the mountain out of the midst of the fire and on the day of the assembly. And at the end of 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go quickly from here, for your people whom you have brought from Egypt have acted corruptly. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made themselves a metal image. Therefore, the Lord said to me, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stubborn people. Let me alone that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven, and I will make of you a nation mightier and greater than they. Is that great? Well, crap. I th- I'd say they're a bit stubborn. Yeah. Um, so I think he showed them up. Um, I thought it was interesting. I think I said this last week how, you know, like, you know, many times they go, oh, Christians are judgmental and, and you know, um, and, and all of that. But but really, in this point, I think God is being more judgmental of his own people where he says, all right, well, let's take out that wicked nation. But he doesn't get much into their wickedness, but he definitely gets into the wickedness or the stubbornness of his own people, Israel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you, you think of that? No. Those stubborn I, people. Um, it reminds me of so many times when I would get in trouble for doing something as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my parents would be like, hey, don't play in the street. There's there's cars coming. You will die, you know, kind of thing. <clears throat> and so I'd go out in the street, and then they'd bring me inside. I'd get a whooping, and then they'd say, don't go play on the street. And then I'd start playing with friends, and it's like I completely forgot what they said. And next thing you know, I'm back out in the street chasing a ball or, you know, like riding my bike down the driveway and I get to the street and I just go in and turn them back around. It's like I immediately disregarded, despite the fact that I received a prior discipline, I, I completely disregarded like what my parents had just, just told me, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, 10 minutes early. Um, and that's why I always, I always try to remember that kind of stuff when I'm like, well, you, you know, like trying to lay my own judgment down on Israel. And I'm like, oh, these stupid, stiff-necked, stubborn people. If I was there, I would not worship the calf. I'd be like up there with Moses on the mountain, man. I'd be like waiting for him to come down. But, you know, no, nah, man. I'd be like, hey, Aaron, can I, uh, you know, can I hold your robe while you uh, fashion that calf? Mm-hmm. It looks, like, <laughs> looks a little hot and sweaty there. Can I, can I sculpt some of that? You know, like mm-hmm. I'd oh, yeah. full out, you know, suck it up to Aaron trying to be like him. Well, it's so easy when like someone else is going through, it's so easy, I guess, it's so easy to see accomplishments or how things are going on and it's so easy to go, oh yeah, I, I did a good job there and, and to give yourself credit right. when, when, when we forget to give credit to immediately to the one that, that ultimately gave us whatever we have and, and wherever we're at, we're like, all right, life is good right now. You know, I think that, you, you know, I, I did a good job. But what's interesting, though, is, is when things go bad, we're not quick to give ourselves credit for the bad stuff that goes on. I mean, that's <laughs> when we ultimately go, well, God, what, 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 are, you, what, what are you doing? Like, Why, God, have you brought <laughs> this upon me? And it's like, I, did you not forget the good things that I did for you? You've never had that prayer? <laughs> <laughs> like, God, why is this happening to me? Oh, no, way, way more than I should. Yeah. Um, way more than I want to w- admit. <laughs> Maybe, well, maybe when he chose to break the law, the cops saw you and pulled you over. You know, it's <laughs> like, 
oh, how many times I have students. I didn't do that. <laughs> really? Like, I'm staring at you right now. <laughs> I think that actually happened today. <laughs> Some students, like, I was like, really? Did you just say that? I didn't say that. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I, I saw your lips move to the words I heard. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Sulik. <laughs> Dude, I would love to watch classroom management with you just once, just to see how that goes. I'm going to like give you a GoPro. Can you like, <laughs> film part of this for me? I, I don't know if they give my, my discipline um, examples inside of uh, most <laughs> textbooks, but at least works. I got in trouble a couple years ago for not giving enough Friday schools out because I only gave one out. And they're like, my, my boss is like, you need to give more Friday schools out. It's like, so you're telling me I need to make sure more people get in trouble? <laughs> yeah. I was like, but they're behaving. Security's never down in my room. Why, why do you want that? <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Um, so with that. Um, <coughs> I promise I'll stop coughing. I, I don't even remember <laughs> where we're at now. Oh, so anyway. Oh, so anyway, it's interesting that, that you say, you know, you wouldn't forget very quickly. But actually. No, I'm saying I would. Right, you would. Yeah, I would forget right. the evil that I've done and the discipline I just went through. And so they're actually pretty much in the same boat because I think it's interesting where it says, um, even at Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath and the Lord was so angry with you that he was ready to destroy you. Well, what's crazy about Mount Horeb is that's where they got the Ten Commandments. That's right. where it started. They didn't even move very far, I mean, at all before they already forgot and started making another image to, to worship because... That would have been like, like if everything would have went ideally, like that would have been the pinnacle. That mm -hmm. would have been like, hey, we're here. We're at the mountain. God's made the covenant with us. We're his people. We got, we've got the tablets of stone. You know, everything would have been, you know. And then after that, we ventured on into the promised land. Mm -hmm. Instead, it was like, hey, man. We watched God free us from Egypt. We went past the Red Sea. We watched our enemies drown before us. Let's build a calf. <laughs> you know, it's like completely like not what anybody thought would happen. Oh, I know. I know. I was actually studying this week and, and um, I read Romans 2. And I don't know, I, I don't know if Paul was thinking about Deuteronomy when he said this, but I at least thought it showed some sort of parallel. It says in Romans 2, 1, it says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. And I was like, ooh, that goes really well with Deuteronomy 9. And again, I, I don't know if Paul was thinking any parallel when, when he was thinking about that, but to me it seemed, very, it seemed like it worked very well with, with the passage we're going over right now. Um, Sorry, I had to text my wife. That was rude. Won't do it again. Oh, no, that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was very interesting that, that they really didn't even make it long before God said, well, well, your stubbornness started, huh. well, actually, even from the day I met you. Like, doesn't that even go Genesis-wise? Yeah. I, I mean, he's well, saying... I, I'm looking at, once again, just kind of bringing it up, like, I'm wondering how long it was after, like, the Lord saved me that I was immediately like, and now I'm going to rebel like mm -hmm. uh, i don't think anybody really has a stake or a claim that they can say hey i've i have not sinned for an hour mm -hmm. or i have not sinned for a matter of days or i'm working towards not sinning at all um i don't think anybody can claim that in any way shape or form and no. it, it should not come as a surprise to us um we see God's wrath burning against them here, 
Um, the difference is, is that Christ will later, Jesus will later take our punishment for mm-hmm. that wrath, and so we get to escape it. So we don't have like the Lord burning against us and threatening to wipe us out. He looks at his people, those he's you know saved, and he says, you're clear. Mm-hmm. Like it, despite our constant rebellion that happens over and over and you know we can go into uh paul saying like i I, you know i'm not going to sin more so the grace increases more i'm not you know i'm not going to be rebellious just because i have you know christ's righteousness uh as my own but it is a matter of like israel did not have that protection at that time Mm -hmm. and as we can see god was like ready to you know uh you know make a new people right (laughs) And very quickly, I mean, he, he made Moses an offer that you can't refuse, like, how about I just destroy them, and then I'll make a new nation using you. Um, and Moses is probably like, I'm getting too old for this. Right. <laughs> He's like, man, <laughs> he said I didn't enter the promised land, and <laughs> I got to be dying soon, right, when? <laughs> hey, how about you just kill me and make somebody else? At the beginning of Deuteronomy, he's like, let me go to the promised land, let me go to the promised land, let me go to the promised land. He's like, Really? Make someone else leader. Well, Joshua, right? Yeah. He's next, yeah. right? <laughs> well, he is barred anyway from his own rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So um, so then we see, you know, um, you, their sin started um, at Mount Horeb, so they didn't make it far, very long at all. And um, Moses went up, so we, we get a summary recap of what happened in, in Exodus. Is that correct when, when I say that? Um, so we're getting a recap of... of what or, or would it be Leviticus or <laughs> both? Like, uh... At least I think Exodus. So we're we're talking about the Ten Commandments. That's Exodus twenty. So right. this would have been probably near the end of Exodus that you would have seen um, this scenario played out. And we're getting kind of a summary of what what's kind of already happened. Um, and so Moses is kind of ex- explaining this, um, and the and in Deuteronomy. Um, he keeps yeah, going. Yeah, Exodus 32. Yes. 32, okay. It only took seven or eight <laughs> seconds for me to... I was like, I'm pausing. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go quickly from here, for your people whom you um, have brought from Egypt have acted corruptly. So Moses is hanging out with God. Um, God is doing some, probably some pretty cool things for, for Israel, while at the same time they're in their own world sinning and not trusting God. And um, Moses gets sent down the mountain, and God once again reminds them that they're a stubborn people, or Moses does. And he says, guess what, Moses? Be the leader. And that brings us to 15, right? You said you had some stuff for 14, right? Or is this uh, after 14? No. The, um, kind of the stuff, I'm just making sure we already talked about. Um, as soon as the covenant's established, like we kind of talked about, they break that underlying commandment that, you know, you're supposed to worship God alone, uh, not worship images, which we've discussed mm-hmm. in previous podcasts. Um, <clears throat> I did make a note, and I still, I kind of said it a few minutes ago again, and I apologize again. My wife is like text happy tonight, um, just telling me about who's still sick. Yeah, and my, my daughters who are home yeah. tonight are sick and going, <laughs> Daddy! Yay, late January <laughs> podcasting. Um, so, yeah, I apologize. That was disjointed, and I was gone for a second. Um, but it, I once again, I think it's interesting that God suggested the termination of his people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he was basically, at that point, terminating his covenant with Abraham. Well, technically, though, he's not terminating the covenant. They broke the yeah, covenant. So, that, so in so. all reality, I mean, God says, here's, here's the commands you need to follow. And really, at this point, um, it's actually Israel that's breaking the covenant. covenant. So it's, it's really almost fair game for him to right. say, well... You know, we, we kind of laid out the terms, and, and you, you you broke your part of it. Right. So uh, to break that covenant, I, I don't know, I just find that interesting. I There's a lot into that I could probably uh, bring up, like the the way the covenant was established with Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, there, God had Abraham cut animals in half and lay them on either side of a path as he walked through it. Um, and some would say that that was a symbol of what would happen uh, to the side that broke the covenant. Mm-hmm. Would basically like you'd be you know rendered, you know you'd be split and mutilated and destroyed. Um, I've also heard <laughs> that that within that it's actually supposed to be the weaker party that walks through, right? Um, so where God ended up taking taking the humble route, where He chose to walk through over the other one. And usually it was the weaker party that would be forced to walk through to, to make that covenant. And if that weaker party ended up um, breaking that covenant, then, then bad things would happen in that scenario. Right, and it was basically like what happened to you as what's happened to these animals. Right. Like and just disgusting dis- destruction. Oh, yeah. And we almost have an upside-down, rearranged, not traditional thing when, when God humbly walks through it. And him being obviously the more powerful one to to walk through well, and and you could argue and this is going to make probably I'm either going to make the Presbyterians and or the Baptists mad with this one. Um, I'm Baptist. I'm mad. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> when Christ uh, goes to the cross and takes on the punishment for our sin, it's a it's a changing of the terms of the covenant, mm-hmm. and he was brutally beaten and crucified. So it was as though he was, you know, taking part in the, the switching up of the covenant. Oh. Um, and he was taking the brunt of the uh, punishment and the abuse okay. that was laid out way back with Abraham. Okay. It was like, hey, I'm changing this from you being my only chosen people to welcoming in all, you know, Gentiles as my chosen people. But that's a whole, I'm not strong enough to defend that. Um, I just thought it was a cool thing that I heard from, oh gosh, was it Kidwell? Oh, okay. So um, Professor Kidwell. Old one or young one? Young one. Okay. That's why I'm not as confident. Okay. <laughs> no offense, Jay, but your dad's older and <laughs> reads more languages. However, <laughs> I can't say that I trusted him very much. Right. So, but I mean, Jay was my uh, OT, Jay Kidwell was my OT Wait, he was the counselor guy, right? Maybe I'm thinking oh, of the no, wrong no, no. guys. It wasn't Kidwell then. It ki- no, I, I think... I don't no, know, I had old... Uh, anyway, one of my professors okay. who was a father-son duo, I had the son <laughs> um, who had his doctorate, um, and he was in his 30s. Well, a very smart guy, but it's just something that I have not really looked as far into. His dad, on the other hand, was a very uh, prestigious professor with, you know, speak six languages kind of, you know, I think we're tight. Yeah. Cause there's, there was another father son duo. No, his dad might've been counseling and he might've been old Testament. No one older, older guy was. So the older one, at least for me taught, taught, um, acts of the apostles and he taught, um, yeah, the counseling the classes. Then. Okay. Yeah. That was the same guy then. 
Okay. I didn't. I had counseling through the head of the counseling department. Oh, okay. I he can't was. He was awesome. The younger one? No, the old the old guy that I had for the counseling. Oh, okay. The old guy I had for Acts of the Apostles never taught Acts at all. But anyway, besides your old professors. So <laughs> anyway, um, so where I don't even remember what we were talking about. Uh, basically. Oh, the thing um, that you came up with, or the yeah. thing that you talked about. So that was, you know, he basically did, like you're saying, he had the rights to change it, but, you know, he Moses persuades him. Did we, did I, spoiler? No. Uh, not, oh, yes, you spoiled it. Don't yeah, be I, quiet. So, hey, do you want to go on to... We're not that, yeah. Um, and anyway, just, just kind of with, with that point that Don brought up, um, many of the, we are, um, in the, we are not saying that we are um, the... Experts on anything, actually. No, that's why I um, take my. This <laughs> podcast started with with two people um, that love talking about scripture, and we're like, "Hey, why don't we record it and post it?" And and we hear so many people that don't like that that, that uh, don't get excited about the Old Testament, and we do get excited about the Old Testament. We're like, "Well, maybe we can have others join us on our adventure." So we're really learning, and literally. Our prep time each week, I know Don kind of made a comment like, hey, our prep time today, like our prep time is, all right, what verses are we going to read? By the way, we just cut up for the week um, and like really we, we talk about, so what happened this week and oh, okay, yeah. so let's get started where we're going to read through and we're really talking out our study in front of you. Yeah, um, we're that's not, a great way of putting it. I mean, really, that's, that's what we do. We go home, we study. Um, and then we come back and then we talk. Now, the, the advantage that both of us have is that we did go to Bible college. And so we took some classes um, and we know where to look for the resources. However, we are not the smart people that taught us. <laughs> and we're, you know, your pastor, your church is a, is a beast, isn't he? He's yeah, like, he is. He's like top dog like smart dude, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the reasons. I mean, yeah, it's one of the reasons I love our church is because I'm not a, I don't like church self help lessons. I, I want to be taught scripture. And dude knows a bunch of languages and right and knows um, the Bible and ancient times well. And so I, I love hearing teaching because I mean, if I get someone's opinion on it, I care less. But if I get into scripture and and I know as much as I can to to the heart and the truth of it then God can start dealing with me as he needs to through the power of his scripture. And that, that's mm-hmm. what I love about it. So, and yeah, so that, yeah, if that's why I, when I bring, we bring up like these covenants with Abraham and the, the way he walked through it and, um, you know, the potential symbolism of, uh, the crucifixion of Christ, uh, hearkening back to the Abrahamic, uh, initiation of that covenant we can only take that so far because we only know so much. Right, and we're, we're learning as we go. Um, and then we read stuff from other people that do know stuff, um, and right. sometimes they know stuff that might not be the right stuff. And, and you know, it's one of those that, that as we talk, we're, we're, learning, we're learning what we believe as well and, and hoping that God's kind of um, helping to teach us through his scripture. And do we, we should do something like how we've established framework. That'd be a fun... That would be a good podcast. Like, so we'll, we... We need to do that. We got to sit down and okay. do those. All right. So, um, we'll, so yeah, back to... We'll come back so to do that. you want to go to 15 through... I have notes on 15 through... You can go to 19 if you are afraid we'll... All right. So 15 through, you say 19? Yeah, we can play it and right. see how it goes. Um, so I turned and came down from the mountain, and the mountain was burning with fire. And the two tablets of the covenant were in my two hands. 
Um, and I looked, and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had made yourselves a golden calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way that the Lord had commanded you. So I took hold of the two tablets and threw them out of my two hands and broke them before your eyes. Then I lay prostrate. Prostrate. <laughs> wow. Sorry about that one. Um, I'm not editing. Okay, good deal. <laughs> then I lay prostrate before the Lord as before 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all the sin that you had committed and the doing and doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and the hot displeasure that the Lord bore against you so that he was ready to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me that time also. Um, to have a friend like Moses, and they don't even know it. <laughs> well, the thing is, is he, he so could have just taken God up on that offer. Like He could have been like, all right, so l- let me get this straight. You just said that you can destroy these people and then make me the leader of a new nation that you're going to create and start over from there. Like, I, put, I wrote in my Bible, I was like, well, dang, that's like an offer you can't refuse. Like, if you're on a power-hungry streak, you're not going to be praying for those other people. You're like, all right, that's cool. I'll become top dog of a new nation. And he kind of does the opposite. Like, right. he spends actually the rest of nine and beginning of ten fully repenting for the people and on his knees begging that God would offer grace and mercy. Like, I think this is a hard, hard example of where, uh, and you can go up, up the ladder, so to speak, of how church members, church deacons and elders, church, you know, lead pastors, etc., need to look at their flock. The, I, Someone coming downstairs? Uh, probably, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, <laughs> I heard a squeak. Um, I think that the, this section is something where your people are going to be much like Israel here. They're going to constantly rebel. You're going to tell them to constantly not to do certain things. You're going to have someone who's going to come to you every week and says, hey, I'm an alcoholic. I need to stop drinking. You're going to tell them to stop. You're going to counsel them. You're going to pray with them. They're going to leave and say, all right, pastor, we're going to, you know, fresh foot forward. And the next week they're going to come back and say, I got a DUI. It got too hard. It's going to happen over and over. And you're going to get frustrated. And a lot of pastors quit. A lot of community group members switch community groups. A lot of elders pass that person on to somebody else. And it's tough. And I'm not trying to chastise. I understand there's burnout and there's a certain level of, you know, okay, it's time to move on to a point, but I also think that like Moses's example here is to be sickened by their sin to the point where he doesn't eat for 40 days. And he, you know, he begs God on their behalf. And I think that we have in too many cases, we've given it too easy of an out for people to not do that. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. afraid we just lost all the pastors that listen to yeah. <laughs> and all the community group. We are effectively going to get this podcast down to zero if I can help it. Well, wait, it's always just us. I mean, we, we always got two. Right, that's true. Right. Ah, <laughs> I'm paying for hosting to hear myself talk. <laughs> no, but um, I, think, I think that this is a, a shining example. And I'm not saying that if I was in a pastoral role, I'd be awesome like Moses. I'm mm-hmm. sure that I would be like, this guy's on my last nerve, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that... In reality, he's not ready to give up. Like you said, he was promised a new people, mm-hmm. 
potentially more obedient people, maybe yeah. a smaller group, more manageable. You know, he's he's got all the past mistakes that he learned from here and he can use those and, and apply them from the onset for the new group and avoid a bunch of issues and problems. And and over and over and over again, um, over and over and over again, um, Moses has dealt with, with their sin um, and continually, continually deals with their sin over and over and over again. And so it's kind of one of those things is it's like what you said, he's, he's probably kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's seen them continually go through this continually sin and he continually has to readdress the same situations um, and continually go back before God. And, and there's a lot of people too, to deal with. Like, I mean, yeah, some pastors just have what a couple hundred and uh, what, oh, average church size in America is 70. So, so what so. was Moses group? But he had probably what? I, we can read numbers. Close to a million or something? <laughs> I mean, he's got a lot now. But, um, brain. So, sorry, my daughter came down yeah, in there right. watching us speak into the microphone. So yeah, it's like, like nervous. All right, we got two little, cute little <laughs> girls just smiling there, and it's like, oh, what, what do you want? Um, so I, I also thought it was interesting um, that Moses, so I, I don't know if the, this was legit, but but the commentary I was reading with Christopher Wright basically said, so the him throwing and breaking the Ten Commandment tablets was almost like a, a physical example or a yeah. representation. Grisanti agrees. Uh, okay, of an actual tearing apart of the, the covenant at that point. I was like, Yeah, it's, oh. it's going to the car dealer, and before you've the other parties put their signature on it, you've ripped it up. Um. Yeah, I I read that as one. Well I I thought that was kind of another neat like symbolism, right? Uh, or another like just another thing that is gets kind of pulled out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I so said like signing the car contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and later on, I mean, I guess as a spoiler alert, like we once again see another re reconnecting or re um, bringing back the covenant when when God remakes the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. um, and brings them back down, but. I didn't spoil that. Well, we'll talk about that probably mm. next week, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what else you got? Um, yeah, I had kind of the same notes on that section that you did. Uh, I guess Grisanti and Wright are, they must be contemporaries at this point. I guess. Again, like <laughs> when, when I saw that, because um, the words, I was just looking really quick to see what you So he utilized words. It was a uh, signified the broken covenant. It was a deliberate public action, um, and it was supposed to be an unmistakable um, message when those Ten Commandments were thrown and broken. And I just thought that was powerful. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of this throughout here, like the more we're reading like what Moses has done here and um, how he's talking to them, and the Lord, his anger was provoked against you, and you rebellious, stiff-necked people, and he he's... Like calling them out, I keep getting in my image like that guy, like that old man who's crusty. He's seen enough. He's had enough. He's delivering all these hard truths. But you know, if you get the dude one on one, he's probably gonna hug you before you leave. Mm, you, okay. you know, because he's. <coughs> I don't. I don't have that kind of patience. If God's like, I'm destroying all these people, I'd be like, let me get out of the way. Like, let me move. Should I hide on the the mountain for a while? Like. <laughs> I don't even want to see the aftermath. Have a field day, mm-hmm. you know. But instead, he's up there, you know, breaking it down, and he's fasting. And like Americans have a hard time fasting because food is everywhere, and mm-hmm. they're used to it, and we're conditioned to have it. And you know, it, it's so easy to get our hands on food. But Mo- Moses is taking forty days with nothing, 
um, something that very few will even try nowadays mm-hmm. um, to plead for these people that not only have rebelled against God, in many cases have come after him. I mean, there's angry mobs all throughout um, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, where they're like, you let us out here to die. Like, we are coming after you kind of thing. Uh, torches and pitchforks, you know, kind of thing. And he's going to bat for them against God who wants to destroy them probably at times as much as Moses wanted them destroyed. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like, bigger dude than I am. Yep. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, that's all I got. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So we got time to keep going, or what? what is yeah, our, our time looking like? Go ahead. We could probably throw another 10 minutes at it. All right, so we go. what, what, what should we go to? Um, uh, so I made it through 19. Go ahead, 20 and 21, and we'll probably... We could probably wrap up on that, right. maybe. Oh, we definitely need to wrap up on that, because then we get into... Yeah, it gets... Because he doesn't stop there with Mount Horeb. He's like, oh, and if that wasn't enough, right. I got more. So anyway, 20 and 21, and the Lord was so angry with Aaron that he was ready to destroy him. And I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. Then I took the sinful thing, the calf that you had made, and burned it with fire and crushed it, grinding it very small until it was as fine as dust. And I threw the dust of it into the brook that ran down the mountain. So um, so he kind of finishes and said, well, it wasn't just Israel, but it was also Aaron, the, the pre- high priest that was supposed to, by the way, His lead brother, you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and he also... Big brother Aaron. <laughs> way to go, homie. I got you positioned as the high priest. Uh, yep, fail. Oh, wait, you didn't make it past Horeb either. <laughs> yeah. Fail. As a matter of fact, he led the rebellion at Horeb. All right, yeah. Oh, um, you guys want something? Bring me your gold. I love his excuse. It's not in here, but Aaron's like, I threw all the gold in the fire, and boom, this calf jumped mm-hmm. out. Like, he's such a fool. Like, <laughs> I would if I was Moses, I would have added that to the summary. I mean, oh, yeah, I would <laughs> and, and Aaron can't even come up with good excuses. Right. <laughs> um, no, there's a couple of neat points in there as well. Uh, you know, like it, the idea of him crushing and pulverizing uh, the idol here serves kind of as an example of what God is telling them to do with the idols in the land that they're going after. So they're going to go into a land and what they're, how they're supposed to deal with it is to make it completely non-usable. So he's crushing it into pieces, um, grinding it very small until it's as fine as dust. And then I threw the dust in the brook that ran down from the mountain and I made you drink it. Um <laughs> But uh, he's basically taking what was material and making it completely useless Mm -hmm. to the people. It's not like, hey, we could refashion this bowl into a tent post or we could turn it into, you know, little earrings for everybody to wear or, you know, whatever. He takes it and obliterates it so that it is not usable. And that's, once again, a good picture of what they're going to be commanded to do when they go into the promised land and a good picture of what we have to do with our idols. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is it that we're going after? We need to pulverize, obliterate them from our lives. We can't leave a piece of them behind. I wonder if they used, like, all the gold they had or if, like, they still had gold left over. Um, well, I, I mean, you had the tabernacle gold. Oh, that's true, yeah. And they would get spoils later, too. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, um... I can't recall. Does it give the weight of the idol? I don't think so. It's not important. I don't. Yeah. So I was but, wondering if that would give us yeah. an idea of how much. 
I was just wondering, like, you know. But God probably doesn't want us to have the weight of that because he gives the weight and measurements of other things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's insignificant compared to that's what true. you would. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, like, you know, did he strip them of all of it to show that, okay, now you've got nothing. You're going to depend on me for the next 40 years. Or... Um, it's a good question. Though. I don't know. I was just yeah, once again, they do. They there are artisans that show up later uh, during the making of the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the poles, mm. like the priestly vest and garments. So I'm assuming there's other precious metals that they either come across or they get. No, they dude, they looted Israel or uh, Egypt on the way out. Oh yeah, they hooked Israel. Them up. Like yeah, so I, I mm. I'm assuming it's not. Oh. Yeah, because I guess in my mind, and I don't know if I Dude, ever read like this. As big as your house. In my mind, I just always imagine it being small. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, so let's think of like a, a, if it was like all the gold, it could be like as big as, let's say at a minimum, as big as a car. Yeah. You imagine Moses like, sledgehammer. Well, again, <laughs> like, and you're right. They left Egypt with a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, probably not, not even I'd have to reread. Close. Yeah, I have to go back to Exodus and read and see. Okay. But I just thought that was it. He made it completely worthless. There's no remnant of it. There's no, like, you know, how sometimes people will take, like, a piece of something and turn it. Like, uh, you know, we have a friend who, if you have a, a loved one who dies um, and they had, like, maybe a favorite shirt or a, a blanket or something, she'll turn it into a bear, uh, and she calls it a memorial bear, uh, it's like a stuffed animal. She'll sew it into. Um, there was no taking a memorial from this idol. There was no like, hey, I'm going to cut this down and make a, you know. You weren't sanctifying the material this was made out of. It's turning into something completely useless. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was <clears throat> very big. Oh, oh, the other one. Um, gosh, is it 20? And this is where Don Oh, where he said, I took the sinful thing. Uh, in verse 21, uh, Grisanti says, it's actually, the sinful thing is uh, spelling it out a little bit too much. The actual uh, Hebrew phrase there is, I took your sin. Uh. It, it takes, and once again, expands the realm of what sin can mean. Hmm. So sin is not necessarily just the evil, nasty, disgusting things that you do. Um, we've also discussed it's like what's inside you. It's what's part of your nature. But he's also saying it's what you've turned other things into. You've br- brought them into that sinful fold. You've made a part of it. So when he, I took that sinful thing, translated by I took your sin, uh, the calf that you made and burned it. So it's a little bit more of, exp- I hate to say it, expanding the territory of what sin is and what it can be. Okay. I find that kind of interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So Very interesting. We're often right. short-sighted on sin and what it can be, and you know, Moses and the and God are. I shouldn't say Moses is saying, but God is saying, no, it's 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 more encompassing than you think. You don't have to yawn. Oh, sorry, it's Grisanti's <laughs> words, not mine. I saw it was cool. <laughs> no, I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, because I didn't have anything for that, but that is kind of very interesting. Is um, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, your, your idol is part of your sin. It's not just a, a harmless thing. It's something that, you know, in some cases it could be harmless. You could be a, a car enthusiast. But once you start worshiping cars, 
they become your idol, they become your sin. Well, which is one of the top commandments and one of the biggest things that God says you, I mean, what, how many times in the beginning of Deuteronomy, don't worship idols, don't worship idols, don't worship idols, don't worship idols. I'm serious. Really, like our first eight podcasts would probably be like, don't worship idols. And so now the Ten Commandments, you'll have no other gods before me. (laughs) (laughs) So so ultimately, like, I I mean, that's one of the big things that God's like, I mean, even, oh, lest you forget the God that did. And then, well, oh wait, this is they forgot. I mean, already, and and they forgot with an idol. So, mm-hmm. I mean, over and over and over, this is an issue that um, they've dealt with um, probably since since God first known them and and continue to deal with and and knows that they will continue to deal with. So, right. um, yeah, so very interesting. Where it's not just your sin, but it's it's the idols that go with it that is also part of your sin mm-hmm. um, and what's in your heart. So. With that, we've learned already that they are a stubborn people, mm-hmm. and um, just kind of a not a spoiler note, but a wait till next week. Two um, weeks, we're biweekly. Oh yeah, biweekly. Um, or uh, are we? <laughs> I, I well, technically, we're what months ahead with this one. Well, not say, like, what if something awesome happens and like I get a financial windfall and suddenly it becomes our job to produce these weekly? All right, because all of you guys out there. Like, we're like, this is so amazing. Here's a bajillion dollars. We get to study the Bible all the time. We even buy better mics. But, th- but then we'd be sinful because we're also supposed to go out in the world and tell other people. So the podcast is for. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, we find out where we end here with, okay, that's Mount Horeb. Yeah. And sure, they're going, okay, that's one instance. And Moses is saying, well, just in case, I've got <laughs> more. And that's where we start with 22. And so I feel if, like you just had the more you know shooting star. Oh, I've got more. Do, 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 do. Like, <laughs> he's got more. <laughs> so, just, but wait, there's more. So, if you're curious on what that more is, read ahead. So, chapter yeah, 9, verse 22. If you want to hit the Exodus 32 to oh, get yeah. the golden calf, um, which we didn't know until this podcast, <laughs> the Margaret, um, you can get a good background of what happened there and it'll spell out a little bit more. Um, Careful reading notes on it. There's a lot of speculation as to what was going on while celebrating the calf. It's extra biblical, but, you know, you get the gist. They're worshiping an idol. That should be abhorrent enough. We don't Mm -hmm. have to make it worse um, than it possibly could have been. But read it. Um, Like I said, you'll see the part where he crushes it down, makes him drink from the river. He'll have that part out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, I I think we got a summary version of it. We didn't get the long version. Uh, Other than that, yeah, thanks for listening. Check us out on Facebook.com slash something or other. It's like Podcast Pod. Uh, and then Podbean. Podbean.podcast.com. How do you spell that? B A Q A S H. All right. It's Hebrew, so there's no U. All right. Or something. So bye. Yeah, bye. Yeah. <laughs>